It is often said that faith is a journey, and sometimes that is quite literally true. For centuries, Christians have undertaken, undertaken the spiritual practice of pilgrimage, of traveling to spiritual landmarks like St. Peter's Basilica in Rome or the Grotto of Lourdes in France and other great cathedrals and shrines and holy sites and churches to visit these sacred places and to rekindle their faith. Even good old Martin Luther himself made a pilgrimage back in the 1500s from Germany to Rome, alas, only to be disheartened by the state of affairs in the church at the time. Now, back in Luther's day, pilgrimages to these holy sites promised a remission of sins and indulgences, indulgence if you were to go and visit. Say, if you were to go visit the mummified hand of St. Stephen, you'd be given some measure of forgiveness for your sins. But people also went for spiritual growth and edification, uh, which is why people go to these places still today. Now people journey by plane and train and automobile. People make pilgrimages online uh, through the Internet with HD video of these places and 360-degree views. But many pilgrimages are still made the same old-fashioned way on foot. Among the most famous pilgrimage route still walked today is the Camino de Santiago de Compostela in Spain. The Camino, as it's called, is a 500-mile walk from the French-Spanish border near the Atlantic coast across the top of northern Spain to the Cathedral of Santiago, just north of Portugal, where the remains of Santiago, or as we know him, St. James, one of Jesus' chief disciples, are believed to be buried. It is one of the top five hallowed sites in all of Christianity. And thousands of pilgrims walk the Camino each year. In fact, it takes a month to make that journey, walking around 17 miles a day. It beckons pilgrims with an open invitation to come and see. I read about the Camino in a book written by Joyce Rupp, who's a Catholic spiritual writer, um, who recounted her journey on walking the Camino. Um, And one one of the great scenes of the book, um, she describes what it was like for them at the very outset of their journey on the Camino, just before they took that first step onto the trail. And this is how she describes it. She says, That morning, as we stood breathing in the vibrant energy of an exciting beginning, neither of us was truly aware of the valuable lessons awaiting us as pilgrims. When we stepped onto the Camino, we did not hear the silent message announcing how the road not only takes us forward through many physical hills and valleys, but also takes us up the hills and valleys of our hearts and minds, dislodging and rearranging much of what we value and hold dear. We did not understand on that day how the journey would commit us to a venture of both pleasure and pain, of inner reckoning and clearing, of heightened awareness and deepened contemplation, and humbled recognition of our human fragility. Who knew what the adventure would bring us? We only knew that both of us longed to set out to discover what it held in store. The journey contained something enticing, and we were letting it draw us forward. Then we did it. We started out. The life lesson of the Camino, she says, for her is to remember that life is a great adventure, and so too is faith. And the idea and practice of pilgrimage 
has been a powerful and enduring thing for all of these centuries in Christianity because pilgrimages are these beautiful metaphors for faith because our faith is a journey. We don't always know what we're looking for or what we'll find or experience along our way. There is an ultimate destination, but the preparation for the journey and the journey itself are equally as important. There's always a measure of mystery, and there are plenty of unknowns. The terrain changes as our lives go on. We encounter many fellow pilgrims along the way. Now, often we don't know what we're looking for or how we will find it or more likely how it find, will find us. It makes me wonder whether Philip and Nathaniel and the other disciples really knew what they were looking for when Jesus called them or whether they only knew it once Jesus found them. In our gospel, Jesus calls Philip as a disciple and then Philip goes to his friend Nathaniel and tells him about Jesus, and Nathaniel's suspicious. He says, can anything good come out of Nazareth, Jesus' hometown? And Philip answers, come and see. No promises, no certainties, just come and see. Nathaniel and Philip and the other disciples accept Jesus' invitation, accept his summons to follow him without knowing what's next, solely because they are drawn to Jesus. And so a journey begins. Uh, I'm a little bit of a history buff, just enough to be dangerous. Um, and, uh, and I like reading books about uh, American history. And one of the ones I quite like and that I'm reminded of because of our text this morning is a great book by Stephen Ambrose about the Lewis and Clark expedition. It was from 19, 1803 to 1806 where they set out to find a waterway uh, to the west coast, to the Pacific coast of the United States. And at one point in the book, um, after he's kind of talked about, um, kind of set the stage for this trip to begin, he imagines what it must have been like for Lewis and Clark and their team called the Corps of Discovery um, the night before they set out on this journey that would take them across the country and back over the course of three years. And this is how he describes it. He says, Surely as they sipped their ration at the end of the day, they stared at that river, talked about it, and thought about it. They were not daunted by it. Rather, they were drawn to it. What adventures awaited, what sights they would see. They knew they couldn't even guess, which only made them all the more eager to get going so they could find out. And this morning, we hear the same draw in Jesus' call to the disciples and God's call to Samuel and God's call in our own lives to journey in faith with God, to follow Jesus and to share our lives with others. As this call echoes throughout our readings today and in our gospel, it echoes in our lives too. For on this Camino of life with all its adventure and its moments of struggle and grace, finally when we come and see what we discover, even in the broken places of our journeys, are God's grace and mercy, resurrection and new life. We become like Philip and Nathaniel, disciples that extend this invitation over and over again to others. Just come. Come and see. I love the story of the call of Samuel in our first reading today. It's got this great sense of humor about it, um, where Samuel goes to Eli three times, and neither of them can quite figure out that it's God who is calling Samuel. So, but finally, Eli figures it out and tells Samuel, when God calls this time, say, here I am. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. God calls Samuel to be a prophet, 
who eventually then anoints David as king over Israel, one of the seminal moments in all of the scriptures. When we follow Jesus, when we come and see, we don't know where our journeys will lead, but we do know that we don't go it alone, that God goes with us. Whenever I come across stories of call in the Bible, and I suppose especially the story of Samuel, I'm reminded of my own call to ministry, which happened when I was 17 years old, just a few years older than Samuel, um, in a small church where at the end of the night, um, at a, after a Sunday service, one of the women in the congregation, probably not five feet tall, stood up and said to the congregation, I have the sense that God is calling Keith to ministry. <laughs> Slightly terrifying, Um, but I was deeply drawn to that journey, though I had no idea all the places it would lead me. And my calling is just one calling among many. Uh, When we are called to live out our faith in daily life and our vocations as musicians or chefs, accountants, teachers, real estate, as friends, parents, partners, we don't know where these callings will lead us, do we? We don't know the challenges or the adventures, the joys and the sorrows, the people that we will meet. When we feel compelled or feel called by God or others to serve the church or our neighbors, like some will stepping onto church council next week, when we take up the banner of leadership or just wade easily into the waters, we are responding to God's call, and that call opens us up to new possibilities. It teaches us about ourselves. We discover surprising strengths and new modes of understanding and compassion. Come and see is the invitation that we who have already begun the journey receive again this morning and every morning. Every day we get up and rejoin the Camino of faith. And every day Jesus invites us to come and see God at work in our lives and the world. Every day Jesus invites us to a new encounter and a deeper relationship. Today is a day that we are called forward into, the, into discipleship. But for me, this Sunday is always a Sunday in which we are invited to look back, to stand for the first time or remember when we stood for the first time at the beginning of a call in life, uh, a call to a career, a call to a family, a call to a friendship, a call to a new journey. I like those core of discovery, sitting on the river watching the sunset and wondering what awaited them. Or Nathaniel and Philip being called by Jesus and following, not know, not knowing where that journey would lead. To reflect back on our days and weeks and months, our lifetimes of calling and the way they have developed and shaped us over time. We are like those first disciples, compelled to follow Jesus without the possibility of knowing what lie ahead, but knowing that we don't journey alone, that we journey together. These stories of call, the disciples, we, these are the stories we read every second Sunday of Epiphany. It's at the beginning of the Epiphany season, Jesus is baptized and then calls his disciples. And this year, in our lectionary year, it is paired with his call of Samuel. And these are moments of invitation for us to look back in our lives on how far we have journeyed and what we have learned and how we have grown and to discover, even when we may not have felt like it at the time, that God was always right there, right along with us. And seeing how far we have come and how generous and good and gracious God has been, we are encouraged then to continue the road of discipleship 
to continue on our pilgrimage of faith, to continue to listen to God's call. And so I invite you today, while you're uh, iced in in your homes later, to reflect on your journey and how it started and where it has taken you and the graces you have experienced along the way. Finally, I'll close with um, a quote I love from Dietrich Bonhoeffer about what happens in the life of discipleship when we answer Jesus' call to follow me, to come and see. He writes this. He says, If we answer the call to discipleship, where will it lead us? What decisions and partings will it demand? To answer the question, we shall have to go to him, for only he knows the answer. Only Jesus Christ, who bids us follow him, knows the journey's end. But we do know that it will be a road of boundless mercy. Only Jesus, who calls us to follow him, to come and see, knows where our journeys will end. But we do know that those roads will be ones of boundless mercy. Amen.